Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, Steve and Justin, love the show. I'm calling from Hayward, California, and the only investment I have in my Roth IRA is the VOO ETF. My question is what other stocks or ETFs should I put in my Roth IRA? And provides unbiased answers. If you want to hedge your bets, you could go and look for maybe a gold or silver ETF. Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. In the future, I'm planning on investing with you guys once I reach the capital requirements. But I'm wondering how capital gains taxes are paid on a yearly basis if I have an individual account with you guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Thank you for being with me. It is Wednesday, May 19, 2021. And of course, on this program and podcast, we say the same thing every day, which is our mission statement independent thinking and shared success and of course we say that because we want you to understand our goal our goal is to educate you our goal is to pass along accurate information to make sure you understand how the stock market works how the economics works we're not you're not going to become a you know a scholar and i am not one of those either but we have to have an understanding how economic works how the economy works and how that reflects in the stock market it's important if you're going to be an investor. So this is what we'll do. This is what we do every day. We answer your questions about all this. So we just give you the facts. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to give me a call. You're talking anything financial, any investment questions, we'll answer. So you can you take the show wherever you want it to go, and we'll go. I'll go with you. As long as it's financial, I'll go with you. In fact, you can uh, call right now. We are live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so that means we're live right now. Or you can leave questions after hours if you can't call and you're listening to the podcast during your workout or walking or doing something else. If you have a question, call. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to the first listener call. Hi, Justin. Hi, Steve. I was just calling about ticker symbol R-Y-N. It is a lumber stock. Kind of loaded up a boat recently on it. Uh, I was just wondering what you guys thought on it. I had noticed it on the wood ETF. So um, any advice that you could give on it, I would appreciate it. My name is Jeff, and I'm from Rhode Island. Thank you. Rhode Island. I've been there. Uh, Ryanair Inc. REIT. It's a real estate investment trust focused on timber and real estate, including the sale of Standing timber, timber acreage, and land. Okay, so if you're wanting to follow wood, wood products, wood prices, this is the stock to own. It's a $5.2 billion company. It's going to make $0.42 cents next year, $0.39 cents this year, $0.24 cents last year. Uh, in 2018, it made $0.79. Cents. So um, I would tell you that it is, it's right at its old high, its old top. 
that would make me a bit nervous. I, I think, you know, we know that, that lumber prices have skyrocketed. I, I don't know if it's time to get into them now. They've already made a huge move. I don't like the I don't like the chase performance. I think, yeah, you know, I think it's time to actually think about taking some off the top, some of the profits off of these super high flower flyer commodities. Remember, I think we're in a super cycle, commodity super cycle, but that doesn't mean the prices go straight up. They'll they'll be they'll be back and forth, back and forth, and I think we're looking at a short term peak here, and it looks like this stock is short term peaks. So I went by here. I'd wait for a pretty good pullback before I buy it. And that pullback is probably in the, you know, high 20s, low 30s, 30, 31, 29, 28, 28, 29, 30, 31. In that range is where I would want you to pick it up, not here. It's too expensive. Now, being too being expensive means it's $42, 42 cents a share, and it's going to make $37. I mean, the price stock, price of the stock is $37 and 55 cents. Don't you think that's like 80, 90 PE? Don't you think it's a little steep? Yes, it is. Especially for a commodity type stock. My focus point today concerns the story. Could soaring prices see copper fly too close to the sun? So are copper prices too high, just like we talked about lumber? Are they are they are going to come crashing down on us? What's the, What's pushing it? You gotta, you gotta consider. See, you know, you know. If you listen to the show, I've been pushing, pushing, pushing for months. Commodity type stocks. Now that they have really taken a, taken off, I'm starting to think oh, maybe I should. I'm not going to get rid of them, but maybe some take some of the money off the table a little bit. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. So we're going to talk about that copper. Okay, my trivia question today concerns. Famous American companies, do you realize that many quintessential American brands are no longer American-owned? Well, that You might be surprised. I'll list a few for you. That's going to be my trivia question today. Other topics we might get to, hopefully. Bitcoin, you see it fall 40% this morning? Fell 40% in one day. Hmm. And why is Zillow, you know, the real estate company, Zillow, 50% off its high? Real estate is hot. Why is that happening? And finally, you know, we talked about the chip shortages for automobiles. And I mentioned a few weeks ago how many, like, GM trucks are sitting, uh, finished vehicles, except they're waiting for their chips. I think the average vehicle has seven or eight chips in them. Talking about semiconductor chips. It's now spreading that shortage. It's spreading to other industries. And one industry is even worse than the auto industry. Something interesting is going on. So I want to talk about that. If we can get to them, that's what we'll discuss. Okay? So how the market do today? Actually, it came back pretty good, I thought, even though it still ended up being down. The Dow was down 164 points. The Nasdaq down four points. And the SB down 12. So it was still a negative day, but it made a pretty yeoman's effort to come back. I mean, the Dow was down like, you know, four or 500 points at one point. And it only ended up being down 164. So I felt, I felt that was pretty significant. Maybe it, 
Is it a reversal day on the upside? Because the market has been weak now for two weeks or so, a little more than two weeks. And this, we're in a correction mode. And is the market trying to say, okay, I'm done with the correction? It wasn't that much of a correction. I mean, the NASDAQ did correct about, I, think I, I didn't do the math, but it was around 8% from its high to its low. But the Dow is only down maybe 4 or 5%. That's a pretty minor correction. Okay, we're headed into the a quick break here. When we come back, I will pay a listener. I will play a listener question that came in earlier from North Carolina. My phone lines are open. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. We've already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free InvestTalk podcasts. The InvestTalk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alan from Northern California, and my question is, Will the Motley Fool Stock Advisor Service help me gain financial freedom, or should I run the other way? I don't have the time, patience, and capability to analyze a company's income statements, balance sheets, and cash flow. I also don't have the minimum funds required to become a client of KPP. Would I be better off going to a full-service broker instead of the Motley Fool? And if so, do you have any recommendations of what full-service broker I should choose? Thank you. I love the show. I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Okay. A couple things. I like uh, the Motley Fool. They came about around uh, 1999, 2000 during the dot-com era. And they, they were young guys, and they were pretty knowledgeable, and I think their services improved even since then. So I like them. I think it's a good, solid service. Uh, going to a full-service brokerage, if you don't have enough money to be one of our clients, they're not going to give you much attention. They're going to give you the lowest man or woman on the rung who knows probably just a little bit more than you. So I'd be very careful about going to a full-service brokerage firm. They like to deal with people that have lots of money. Okay, um, can, you can't just use index ETFs or you know sector ETFs and not worry about picking individual stocks. And you can do that yourself. You can do that until you get the money to become one of our clients. We'd love to have you as a client. But I like them all. This full service. Don't I don't think you need to run away from it. They're 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 a good service. Now they they also specialize in growth stocks, from what I remember. So, you know, they'll be volatile at point time, certain times, even though I haven't checked on them in the last year or two what if they changed much since the past. But I do like them. My focus point today concerns uh, a story about copper prices. Are they flying too high? Are they getting to a point where, you know, they're, the price is so high that they can, it's unsustainable? It kind of reminds me of a number of commodities, wood being the other one we just talked about. Uh, so could copper copper prices keep going up? And it's interesting. Uh, I think that's very possible. I think it's more. I think even if you wait long enough, it's probable. I mean, the next five years or so. But copper, you know, 
One of the reasons are, one of the reasons commodities are rising is, is because the prospects of increased demand and many, many uh, commodities, you can't increase supply very fast. You can, for instance, copper, take that. That means they gotta go find some new mines. They have properties that they're interested in, but then they gotta find the mines that are, are developable uh, over long periods of time. They can't spend huge amounts of money just to get started and then shut it down because the price went down. It costs a lot of money and a lot of effort to open up a new copper mine. So if you're going to expand, you, you could mine faster or quicker and put more, I don't know, more shifts on to, to take copper out of the existing mines. But that's the problem. You know, we need more copper. There's going to be a more copper demand. Now, having said that, one of the things that will prevent copper prices from rising too much is aluminum. You're probably saying, what? What? Copper doesn't do that. Copper is, you know, they make copper wires. They make it for uh, electrical transmissions and wiring and cars and all that stuff. Did you know that aluminum can do the same thing? It just does it at very much less efficiency. In other words, it does, it's not conductive as nearly as good as copper. But, on the other hand, aluminum is about 40% the weight of copper. So, transporting, digging out of the ground, copper is very expensive. Aluminum would be a lot cheaper. So, believe it or not, aluminum is a, a, a competitive iron ore for to copper. So, there's different, different uh, things that are pulling on the price or pushing the price up and pulling it back down. Different things are, are impacting it. So, if you just ask me, do I think copper's going to go higher or lower? I would say I think it's probably peaked. It's probably going to have a little pullback, maybe over the summer, and then start rising again. I don't know. I would suspect that it, we're getting awful close to a peak. You know, so we'll 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 see. We'll keep an eye on it for you. We'll report it here, as we always do. So we know that. You know that I'm. Been, we've been suggesting gold and silver as well. So I still think gold has not, ha, not even have, not has has not made its last big run yet, and I, I think silver will go with it. So I don't think either one of those two has really peaked as much as copper and, and lumber, to be honest. No. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Well, we're doing this podcast and radio show for one reason. Help you become financially independent. So you need help with strategies, with the market balance, how to deal with the volatility, how to deal with the uncertainty. Give me a call. We'll talk about it. We're heading into a break and the Invest Talk Anytime listener line line is always open, 888-99-CHART. When you tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, 
listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Hey, Steve or Justin, big fans of the show. I listen pretty regularly, and I'd love to get your take on KB Home, ticker KBH. It's a home builder of single-family homes and condominiums in uh, California, Texas, Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, and trading around 12, trailing 12 months PE. Next year's PE will be around seven and a half. It's supposed to grow earnings over 50%, earnings per share for fiscal 2021. Today, it had a pretty large correction around eight to 9% on the general sell-off. Wondering if this is a good entry point. It's been doing well the past few months. I don't want to buy at the top, but it's collapsed today. I think it's going to do well with the uh, home under supply trend, and it's going to solve that problem and therefore profit in the process. And I'm wondering if you think today is a good entry point. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say no uh, as an entry point today. KBH is a symbol, everybody. Um, I think if you're going to look for an entry point, you want to buy up more, near more of the uh, – High 30s or up below $40. $40 or below, I think, is a good entry point. And that's what I would wait for. Hopefully, it will get there. But it may not. Um, this is a KB Homes. Build single-family attached home, townhomes, condominiums in eight states across the U.S. I talked about this on uh, on Office Hours today. That's the thing. The uh, Office Hours, Justin and I do every, every Wednesday at 12 noon. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a podcast, a video podcast uh, during the day for about half an hour. We talk about the market, what's going on. I talked about homes. I talked about uh, mortgages and the builders. And I said that I think we're getting awful close to a peak. Awful close to a peak in the home building industry. And I have, you know, charts and statistics to back it up. Now, we're, we may not be at the peak, but we're getting awful close. So I think you're a little late to get into KB Homes, to be honest. Um, they are Their earnings are going to go up 80% this year and then another 13% next year to $6.58 a share. And it's a $44 stock. So that PE is like six and a half. The five-year range is three to 19. Home builders do not historically have high PEs. And I'm a little concerned that their import input costs are skyrocketing. I'm talking about wood, lumber, and I'm talking about copper wiring. So, you know, that does that will that squeeze their margins? And they have to pass along as much of those costs as they can. Can they do it all can they pass all all, all of it? And I showed the case shiller, I showed the case shiller home price increases over the years today on office hours and said we're getting awful off of it's Looks like a peak to me. So, no one can pick the top. It's impossible. And I really think that probably until the Fed thinks about or gives a hint that they might raise rates in one way, shape, or another, until that happens, because they said they're going to leave it alone uh, for a long time, until that happens, probably housing will do fine. I don't think it's in a bubble, but it is pretty peaky. Let's put it that way. Peaky. Okay. Um, Bitcoin was 40% dropped, 40% today. It came back. I think it only ended up being down like 
17, 18%, but it crashed 40% in one day. Why did it do that? Because of China. Okay, China mentioned that they thought cryptocurrency is not a currency and they would never use it and it never happened. And remember, they're the second largest economy in the world. So that kind of dragged, um, didn't drag it, it dumped Bitcoin down. And of course, that, that also dragged the market down early this morning. The market tried to make a comeback all day long, but didn't quite get there. But it, that was the case. That was the case. Remember, these cryptocurrencies, you're gonna, it, they're extremely volatile. Extremely volatile. You're going to have to just deal with it. Okay, it's going to be common for these kinds of drops for cryptocurrencies. Why? Because there's no way to value it. I've mentioned it on the air many times. How do you know how much a particular currency is worth? How do I know? How, how do I judge it? How do I value it? And you can't because they're all fairly new. Uh, what Bitcoin I think is the oldest one. And until time goes by and we can look back and say, over oh, the last five or 10 or 15 years, it seems like this is the range it trades in. So, I mean, and remember, you're comparing it with dollars. How much is a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin worth in dollars? Well, the dollar gets weaker and stronger, goes up and down. <laughs> so it's very going to be very difficult to determine value. You know, everybody's just guessing. Just so you know. Now, as investors, you are probably happy to purchase stock in some of America's most brilliant and profitable companies. But many of you may not realize that lots of the brand name companies you know and love are owned by foreign entities. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name three highly successful companies that were founded in the United States but are no longer American owned? After the break, I'll supply the answer, but for now, my lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, 
feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888 chart Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. Uh, many brilliant companies have been founded in the United States, as you know, uh, starting out as small ventures and going on to become international leaders in their fields, right? However, the world of business is not always as straightforward as it looks. So, in fact, many purely American brands are no longer American-owned. Okay, here's three of them. Budweiser, original headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so when it comes to beers, many people assume you can't get more American than Budweiser. Sadly, the beverage company founded in the 1850s in Missouri is no longer an American company, even though it says America on the can. In 2008, the company cashed in when they sold to Belgium beer powerhouse Imbev. For $52, million, $52 billion. B. Trader Joe's, originally headquarters in Monrovia, California. 
Competition in the convenience store sector has always been fierce, especially if it's located in a heavily populated area. Back in 1967, Joe Colombo, or Columbi, or I'm not sure how to say that, Columba, started uh, stocking unusual and hard-to-come-by foods to try and entice customers into shopping with him instead of at 7-Eleven. It worked. 1979, Joe sold Trader Joe's to... Why we keep jumping here? Uh, 1979, Joe's, uh, Joe sold Trader Joe's to Aldi Nord, a company based in Germany. Aldi is a huge supermarket chain, and its owner, Theo Albrecht, is said to be worth about $16 billion. And finally, by the way, how, how about Holiday Inn? Originally headquartered in Memphis, Tennessee. It was founded in 1952. It was just a single motel at the time, but you know how many hundreds of them there are now. In 1988, the well-established hotel chain was purchased by a British company that became that became uh, the Inter- Intercontinental Hotels Group. So Holiday Inn is now has an owner in England. Holiday Inn was for them a wise investment. They made some money off of that deal. Bonus fact, by 2018, there were 1,173 Holiday Inns located in 214,000 rentable rooms. Okay, so 1,173 locations around the world. Okay, I'd like to keep things moving. Let's get back to answering some questions. Here's the voice bank question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. I'm calling from Hayward, California. And the only investment I have in my Roth IRA is the VOO ETF. My question is, what other stocks or ETFs should I put in my Roth IRA? Should I buy an ETF that is uncorrelated to the VOO return pattern? Or maybe a dividend stock? Or is the VOO good enough? Thank you. Bye. Okay, VOO is a Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. So you're tracking the S&P 500. I cannot give you a list of other things to buy. It doesn't work that way. I can't do it. The SEC doesn't allow me to just give out stock ideas and what go buy this and buy that. I can't do that. I can only answer questions. Now, So the S&P 500 is the 500 largest company traded on the exchanges. So it's a very well-diversified index. You could just hold on to it if you want to. If you want to hedge your bets, you could go and look for maybe a gold or silver ETF or commodities ETF and put some in that. Uh, So there's ways to hedge uh, or to bet on a particular sector because there's ETFs almost for any kind of slice and dice of the market. So you can do that. But you also can just hold on to the S&P 500 BOO. Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can call anytime you want. Let's talk about uh, the chip shortages going on. We know we have a big chip shortages uh, in automotive. We talked about that, trucks in particular. Okay, but what about other industries? Well, they're having a chip shortage in many industries, and... Uh, it's going to continue to be a problem, as I understand it. So, 
The lead time to order chip supplies used to be eh, six to ten weeks, maybe twelve. Right now, it's seventeen weeks for people who want to buy loads of chips for manufacturing to actually get the chips. So it's a long lead time these days, meaning you don't can't get them. Just can't get them. Electronic companies are having the worst part, worst time of this. So we're having a, a, a massive chip shortage out there. You're listening to Invest Talk. Please tell your friends about our free podcast downloads. I would appreciate it. How about another voice bank question from 888 chart Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Judas from Montana. In the future, I'm planning on investing with you guys once I reach the capital requirements but I'm wondering how capital gains taxes are paid on a yearly basis if I have an individual account with you guys and not a managed IRA. So if the KPP managed account accrued capital gains, would that come out of my KPP account or would I have a separate bill come tax season that I would pay from other means? Thanks. I appreciate it. You can do it either way. And hopefully we have capital gains. I mean, that's right. You don't want capital losses. So what happens is, you know, we invest money for our clients. We buy the same thing for ourselves. We do for them. And we will sell when we want to those same positions and hopefully book a gain, right? And you have long-term and short-term capital gains. Short-term under 12 months that we bought and sold, which is possible. Uh, And long-term is over 12 months. So how do you pay the capital gains tax? Well, you can pay it separately, you know, just on your own with your income, or you can take money out of the account and pay the pay the gain, capital gains. Now, around November 1st, in the month of November, we start looking at everybody's account and see what kind of capital and realize capital gains and losses they have. If there's too much capital gains, we look to see if we can offset them with capital losses or trigger capital losses by actually selling losers if we have them in the portfolio to offset the gains. But ideally, we wouldn't have any losers and you just pay capital gains tax. We just we try to keep that to the minimum as much as we can. But that's a very good question. Because you really should consider capital gains when you're talking about managing money. Okay? Thank you for the question. Okay, almost every day, every podcast, I like to reserve a minute or two to talk about KPP Financial, our firm, Justin and I's firm. Um, here on Talk, you know, the philosophy is independent thinking and shared success, as you know. So how do we implement that in managing our clients' accounts? We do that by... by Two main things. We do that by unbiased research and guidance that we do. We don't buy research. We don't buy somebody else's opinion. A lot of money managers gather the money, you know, the client's accounts, and they they have some third party manage it. They don't manage it, even though it comes through, the, you know, they talk to you about what you own and everything you see comes from that, that investment advisor's letterhead, but they actually have a third party in the background doing it. We don't do that. Also, we practice parallel investing, meaning Justin and I own the same things as our clients as we do ourselves. We buy the same price, same percentage, on and on and on. So our performance is like with our clients. We're on the same side of the table. 
that we put our money where our mouth is. That's not common. Some, some advisors are doing it more and more these days, I've noticed, but it's not common. So if you want to take a look at your portfolio and give you our opinion, we'd be happy to do that. You can call our KPP Financial Officers Irvine, California, send me an email, go to investtalk.com, click on the Contact Us buttons, which is an email that comes directly to me or Justin. Be happy to respond to you. Okay? So, anyways, we would love to, we would love to have you as a client. We would. But we would also want to help you. We don't, you don't have to become a client for us to help you. We will help you. Okay? Next up, another voice bank question, but I am taking live calls from our, you know, live phone for 4 to 5 Pacific time. So we're open right now. We're live right now. 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, uh, Justin or Steve, this is Mark calling in. I'm asking about a $3 stock. It looks like the perfect stock. Uh, a, Bev, A like Adam, B like boy, E like Edward, B like Victor. Uh, looks like it has a lot of cash and has a dividend. It's bottomed and it looks like it's coming back up now. Yeah, it's a beverage stock for Brazil. So uh, just, uh, yeah, if you could just evaluate that and tell me if you think it's a good buy. I've, I've been holding it for about a week. Think about buying some more. Thank you. I'll listen to it on the air. Bye. Well, I'll probably surprise a lot of people. I like the stock. This is Ambev. Uh, it's a company out of Brazil. Brazilian-based manufacturer of beer, soft drinks, and other beverages with operations in 18 countries. It's a $53 billion company. The stock price is $3.35. Is that cheap? Well, let's look at the earnings. The earnings are down 10% this year from last year. And the earnings for last year was down even more. But next year, they'll have a, a go up. In other words, this year they're going to make 13 cents a share. Next year they're going to make 15 cents a share. And it's a $3.35 stock. So you're talking about what? A 20 PE, 20 something PE. Is that expensive? It's right in the middle of its range, is what it is. Return on equity is nine, uh, 15%. Pays a 2.4% dividend. Management owns 1%. And mutual funds are just holders. They're neither buying nor selling. What I like about it is the prospects of recovery. Looks like it's going to be recovering. Sales grew sales grew in the most recent quarter, 22%. So I think I think they're going to continue. Remember, Brazil had a ter- has or is still having a terrible time with COVID. But I think the stock just broke out this week. Okay, broke out meaning there's no resistance. It's going to go higher for some time. It, it'll easily go to $4, in my opinion. Easily. Now you say, well, that's not very much from $3.35. Yes, it is. What's the percentage of that? 
That's a 20% gain. Wouldn't you like a 20% gain? And, you know, for a company that's big? Anyways, I kind of like it. Okay? A-B-E-V is the symbol. A-B-V-E. Okay, um, why did Zillow, why has Zillow fallen, fallen 50% off its high? Why? It's very simple. This is, this is a very good lesson to learn. When you Remember you hear me saying, oh, it looks like you're a little late to the party or it's already run up, you're chasing performance. This is a classic example of what I'm talking about. Yes, it fell hard, 50% off its high. But before that, from a March a year ago, March a year ago, not this March, a year ago March, from that point, the stock first ran up 660%. 660% up, and what happened? Were you chasing after it was up 600%? Were you chasing the performance, thinking, oh, it's going to continue to go on forever? No, well, that's you lost a lot of money. You chased performance. That's why you hear me, I mean, it's difficult to, find, to define or delineate between chasing performance and the stock broke out and now's a good time to buy. That's a difficult line there. Which one is it? Welcome to my world. But when something runs up 660% in a year, I guarantee you who the last buyers of that were chasing performance. They thought it would just keep going up forever. Well, stocks don't keep going up forever. Do not chase performance. Don't. Now, you know, they were a little disappointed on their earnings. There's things that happened. But still, you're chasing the performance. I, would, I will warn you to stop. Think about what you're doing. Don't buy something just because, it's, just because it's up. Don't buy it because it's up. Buy it because it has good fundamentals that support the price, and it's not overpriced, the stock. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, our work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 chart. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, how are you? My name is Eric from New York. I'm calling about ticker symbol SPLK. The name of the company is Splunk. 
I'm asking about it because I noticed on Morningstar, it has a very high fair value rating. I believe it's either four stars or five stars. And I usually value what Morningstar has to say because they're more on the conservative side with their price targets. But I noticed that Splunk is getting absolutely hammered with all the other high growth names. So I wanted to know what you guys thought of with the company, the stock being at this price. And if you think that it's a good buy here, look forward to hearing guys on the show and thank you. Splunk Inc. SPLK makes software that enables organizers to search, correlate, analyze, monitor, report on data in real time. It was kind of, and it's a high flyer growth stock. In 2019, it made $1.33 a share. 2020, $1.88. 2021, uh, it's already, it's already done. They lost 55 cents a share. 2022, it's estimated to lose 72 cents a share. We already had 2023 estimates of earning 26 cents a share. It's $112 stock. Okay. This stock was at 225. It's a high the year it made $1.88, 2020. 225. Now it's 112. Cut in half. And I'm telling you right now, it's still expensive. Why? Sales growth has been shrinking this year for the last four quarters. Before that, the growth was pretty strong, 20 and 30%. Now it's shrinking 5 to 10% a quarter. Why is that? It just bought a company, by the way, today. I don't know how much for how much for or whatever. I think the stock is overpriced. I think it's going to go down further. I think it's going to come to reality. Remember what what when you make twenty six cents a share, what is what should you be telling, trading at? Let's say you made a dollar a share. Let's give you the benefit of the doubt. What kind of PE? If you're not growing very fast, what kind of PE would you have? A market PE? That means the stock's worth fifteen bucks. You see, it's just it's just too expensive. I, I wouldn't touch a stock. You know, I, I think a lot of these type of growth names are coming back down to earth. And some of them, like this one, is still not close to earth yet. We can squeeze one more caller in, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin, I had a quick question. I recently bought a SEM Rush ticker SEMR at $11, and I want to know if this is a good time for me to take my profits and consider rebalancing my portfolio. Thank you. This is a new company. It just came out IPO. Um, let's see. When was that? April, May. Okay, so March. Okay, so it's really new. It came out around $12, went up to $20, and today it's at $17.52. So, Simply because it's so new, I take profits. I get out. Doesn't make money. Sales growth is pretty strong, 40% in the last couple of quarters each. So that's good. But it's going to lose money this year and next year. I would take take my money and run. What does, what does SEMrush Holdings do? S-E-M-R is a symbol. Provides S-A-A-S platform to run SEO, pay-per-click content, social media, and Competitive research campaigns. Okay. Uh, I, I would be gone. I'd be long gone. Doesn't make any money. What's it worth? And IPO was what, 12? 
somewhere in that range, well, man, I'd, I'd run. I'd take the money and run if I were him. I don't, I don't think it's uh, it's one of those growth names that is still growing sales, but is it worth that kind of money? I think so. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we do encourage you to tell your friends and family about us. We would love to. It's all, also all free. Everything's free. We will. Po- this program will be placed in a podcast right immediately after the show, when we cut out all the commercials, and you can download the podcast from, you know, from Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and Investop.com. Listen to it anytime you want. And you can do, you know, you can search by topics. We've been mentioning that. You can search by topics if you want. So make sure you tell those people when you tell them to listen to our show that they can do that. Okay? So, independent thinking and share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.